Listen, this is Tony Jackson, The Real Money Coach. I'm so excited uh, about what we're about to embark on, right? We're about to have this interview with uh, Mr. Jay Morrison, King Jay. And let me tell you, this guy is phenomenal. I, I don't want to do him any disservice by, by doing this uh, introduction, but let me tell you, he's known as Mr. Real Estate. Uh, you can follow him on all social media. Uh, and he's just doing outstanding work in terms of real estate, uh, teaching real estate investments, uh, teaching financial literacy, doing all the things that we support here at The Real Money Coach. And so I'm really, really excited about bringing him on. If you guys listen to my radio show uh, on Saturday mornings, you heard a little bit of what you are about to get a full dose of this evening. And so I'm actually going to bring Jay on the stage right now. King Jay, how you doing? Hey, peace, family. I'm well. Thank you. How are you? Man, I'm doing so well. I, I thank you, man, for, again, taking time out to do this interview. You took time out for the radio. And um, you know what I find about successful people, King Jay, is that they don't mind giving back to the community. That's what it's all about. Um, of course, I met you at the All Black national convention here in charlotte uh with dr boyce watkins and actually someone had kind of alerted me to you hey you got to check out you got to check out jay morris you got to have him on your show i said well I, I, if i can get to him i'll get him on my show and then lo and behold the lord put us in the same place at the same time sitting next to Look each other God. in the Look room and then presenting uh me behind you man so but for people who may not know a uh, lot of my audience is, you know, they're older. Some of them, you know, are not into social media, man. I'm barely there myself, right? But tell people who Jay Morrison is. Give us a little bit of your story. Well, peace, family, and, and, and shout out to King Tony here and our brother, uh, Dr. Boyce, uh, who gave us the platform at the All Black National Convention. Uh, but, you know, I am what many consider a pioneer in real estate, a real estate revolutionary uh, the cool part is that I've went viral on social media the last 10 years and I've been, been known for, you know, a million followers across platforms on on social teaching and preaching on on uh, social, but also in the streets, hosting corner classes in our inner city neighborhoods. But I'm just not a viral sensation in regards to economic empowerment. Um, I'm an actionist and have been for a long time of uh, doing everything from being. A, a realtor to loan officer, developer, now a fund manager and private lender, um, and have helped founded the largest group economics uh, Black-owned crowd real estate crowdfund, the Tulsa Real Estate Fund, named after Tulsa, Oklahoma community of Black Wall Street, where we brought together 15,000 families and small businesses. Yes, 15,000. We brought together one group economics fund, uh, 15,000 from 22 countries, to raise over 11 and a half million of dollars that we've circulated back into the community through private investment, uh, through private lending, through development, syndication. Um, and I'm sitting here in one of our assets, the Black House here in Atlanta, Georgia, the Legacy Center, where we have a 2.6 acre campus and a 30,000 square foot class A building, all owned and purchased um, by those founding families. So, um, you know, I'm a believer in group economics. Uh, again, I'm a revolutionary, I believe. And I'm just, I'm just about pouring in and serving our community. Um, I've been able to do this. I used to say, in spite of my, but my, my, my brother Tony has, uh, my big brother has said, because of. So I've been able to do these things because of my time I spent in poverty. I've been able to do these things because of me being a high school dropout. 
I've been able to be special to our community because I had three felonies by 21 years old and was a misguided youth. And uh, because of my time in the streets and in prison and poverty, I was able to turn my life around at 25 years old and make something meaningful out of that. So all of that is, is my testimony. Um, and that's why I love giving back financial information because what I learned about real estate, business and credit changed my life and brought me from the streets to the suites and from the corner to the corner office. Man, I love it. I love it. Now, listen, you, you follow the rule, right? You said if somebody give us something, first time you give them credit, next time you like somebody I heard. So so that because of, man, just just, just keep giving me a little credit on that. I love you that. Got it, you got it. So, so, man, you know what's so awesome is that we talk so much about how the black dollar doesn't circulate in our own community, right? And studies show that the median uh, black wealth by 2053 will be zero. Uh, we have all these different statistics that's going on, but you're a disruptor of all that. And that's why I love the fact that you disrupt the status quo. Um, and so I, I think that's pretty dope. I want to talk a little bit, too, because, you know, one of the things I'm very close with George Frazier and, and we always talk about Dr. George Frazier, um, generational wealth. Right. You talk about generational wealth now, obviously. You, they ain't making no more land, right? It ain't no more land being made. And we talk about generational wealth, but one of the things that I loved is I was sitting at the table next to you the opening night of the of the of the convention here, and you had your grandparents there, and you had your parents there, you and your wife, and then your daughter. And I, it's like that's four generations that's in the room. So tell me why why it, was that important for you and and your message that night. You know, even tying it to biblical principles and truths. Let's call them truths because that's what they are, even yeah. though they try to hide them from us. Why, why was that important to have your whole family in, involved in that? Well, it's amazing that, you know, I, I didn't mention in our lineage, my grandfather used to be like the kingpin in our town. He was a drug dealer, got caught in a crack, crack epidemic, and he went to prison. Uh, my father, he went to prison. He went to the feds for selling drugs. He, he, he was once addicted to crack. My mother, she was addicted to the drugs and used to help support them in, 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 in selling and, and, and transporting and all those kind of things. And then I became a drug dealer. So we're talking about generational curses that we've been able to break in my generation uh, for my daughter to have a better future because of what we know now, but also generational legacy. So those same people I just mentioned um, now all are believers. They all have a testimony. They all yeah. are landowners. My grandfather owns acres of land. My mother owns acres of land. I own dozens of acres of land. Our daughter has an inheritance of land and wealth. And so it was important for me to have them all present. Um, and they're all in North Carolina, too. So they're not in the, in the Queen City, but, 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 you know, in driving distance. But it was okay. really, really important to have them because we want to we be the change that we seek. We want to live it. We don't want to just hashtag and tweet Black Wall Street. We want to build Black Wall Street. We don't want to hashtag and tweet generational wealth. What does that actually look like when after Thanksgiving, two Thanksgivings ago, I asked my grandfather, our family patriarch, for permission to speak to the family about our family finances. So after our Thanksgiving dinner, mm. we all talked about everyone's credit. We all yeah. talked about everyone's who has life insurance. We talked about who here, grandpa, what's your estate plan? What's your trust? So that's generational wealth, right? It is done with intentionality. It's not just the sexy stuff online, but it's can you sit down and have a real conversation with four generations of your family about 
your, your, your legacy and about your estate plan and about your wealth. And so that's the and, whole and, you know, thing we got to do. And we got to have those conversations, man, because so often, you know, especially like I grew up, right? I grew up, man, my dad worked in a factory, what have you. He came home, uh, eighth grade education, came home, counted out the money of my mom. And that's all we knew. When they started talking about money, they sent us to the room, right? This is grown right. folks business. And that's kind of how we grew up. We never learned about money. We never learned about finances. We never learned about those things. Man, shoot, I went to college on an academic scholarship, majoring in accounting and did not learn anything about personal finance, right? And and so I, I know that it's needed in the marketplace. And what's so great is that there's a lot of people out here doing the work. and But there's so much work to be done, you know, so... It, and um, so that's what I love about what you're doing in starting with that conversation with our family. So each and every one of us can start with our own family at the own. And, and this this shows, you know, airing, you know, two days before Thanksgiving. If y'all y'all watching, if y'all didn't get no other idea, then sit down after your Thanksgiving dinner and have a conversation about the, about your money. Right. About your finances. Who's covered? Who's not covered? And all those types of things. So how how was that? How was that? conversation received from from the people in your family oh man they were so appreciative of it uh many of them shocked you know because it's a new experience for us and i would say to everyone who's listening don't just kind of like feel good about the thought of doing it actually create a plan to do it like i had to plan it i'm like okay this this thanksgiving all right i'm gonna talk to grandpa first that's that's protocol and i'm gonna get a blessing from grandpa and then after that after everybody eats i'm gonna get everybody right so like, be intentional. Do it on purpose. Right. It's easy to theorize and smile and put in the chat fires and emojis and pound signs, but to ask, someone has to take charge and be the CEO for the family, the leader right. and visionary of the family organization. So that means... Patriarch. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Absolutely. So, so, so that means there has to be actually a plan and then execute on that plan and have that conversation and you'll open up some things around the family and it's just a quick little checklist. Hey, who here's had their credit report pulled in the last six months? Who here, who are those any credit repair? Do you have an agency to go to? Who here, uh, you know, who here has life insurance? Who have, right, to just, just do an audit to kind of understand financial health and say, a financial audit. right, do we the Morrisons, do we want to be XYZ place in the next 40 years or 400 years? Like, start talking about that family plan. Because if you don't have a family plan, like a, le- a legacy plan for your next generations, you're all freestyling. So right. you, you try to build generational wealth off a of freestyle. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you, like, like, like literally, okay, we're going to build generational wealth. How? Right. Your grandparents ain't got no, no no trust, no wills, no estate right. planning, no healthcare proxy, right? So, And we continue to lose Bit Mama's house to regenerification because somebody comes and flashes a hundred grand to us and we think that's a lot of money. And so we give up all our property rights, like, 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 like my man Esau, right? So, so we give up all our property rights for a little cup of soup, right? For a little of nothing. Who's the most responsible even... person that thinks should be going to? Why right. is the family having an even inheritance going to everyone when everyone's not really worthy of that inheritance? Is that good stewardship? Just because it's fair that all the brothers and sisters get an equal portion of everything are all good stewards of what they have right now today. That's squandered. Right. Right. Man, that that's real. That's real talk right there because we know which 
members in our family, if they got anything, they're not going to handle it right, right? And so it, it'll be gone in a matter of, of days, really. And so, but we sometimes want to be out of sense of fairness. I mean, we want, like you said, everybody to get an equal part. Is Man, that, that ain't how it works. Though. That's the whole thing. Is that fair to the legacy, though? Right. Not at all. And and then we keep chipping away at the legacy. And next thing you know, there's nothing left to it because we've diluted it because we haven't taken what we've been given and been good stewards over it. So that's that's really dope conversation right there. You know, you know, what's a, a, a great milestone that we all can choose as families. Right. The, the wealth gap. Right. Not the median household income, because median is, is a middle number between the lowest and the, highest. the highest. Right. Average, right. I like to use the average. The average family wealth for black families in America, or was it Africans in America, is about three hundred and thirty one thousand um, dollars per family. The average family wealth for white Americans who are in first place is about a million thirty one thousand dollars. It's about a seven hundred two thousand dollar wealth gap family per right. family pro rata. Our goal as last place Black America, our goal should be to increase our family wealth generation by generation as best we can by $702,000 of family net worth. So that means mm. living net worth or what I call net worth AD, net worth at death or at demise. Right, right. So my living net worth may be a little less than my at death net worth if I have the proper insurances in place, right, to create. Oh, 100%. Right, because we we you're, we're taking pennies on a dollar, right? And so right. I can go out and buy a a, a two million dollar life insurance policy, and now leave a whole lot of more money that even is tax free money uh, that goes to the next generation. The the key is to educate them on it right. too, so that they when they get it, they don't they don't blow it. Now, what's interesting about that statistic that you just shared, man, is because it also runs parallel. To home ownership, mm. right? Home ownership in the black community is about forty percent, and in the Caucasian community, it's up around seventy-two percent. And so that that is what's so remarkable is because real estate is usually our largest piece of of wealth that we have in our family, right? And then you know, then our retirement accounts and all these other things, but but it starts there. And so that's that's why I appreciate what you're doing, man, and, and helping people get. Uh, into this real estate game. But listen, man, I, I want to do this. Uh, I want to actually bring on one of my next generations, right? I, I actually want to bring my son and uh, Tony Jackson II and also uh, his boy, his one of his friends, Martin Jones II. I told my wife, hey, I'm going I'm to bring the two June bugs on uh, wow. and we're going to have this conversation with, with Jay Morrison. And so I just kind of thought since we weren't in a, an environment where people can ask questions, that I wanted these guys to come on and be able to ask you some questions and that type of thing from their perspective. Because, again, if we're not reaching them and then then the grandkids and et cetera. So I, I think that's key. So so TJ Martin, meet Mr. King J. Morrison. Uh, it's, it's a pleasure, brother. It's a pleasure. Definitely. 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 <laughs> My dad asked me, he's like, hey, you know who Jay Morrison is? 
I said, do I know who Jay Morrison is? Who you of course I know who Jay Morrison is. Do you know who Jay Morrison is? <laughs> Appreciate you, King. Yeah, nah, that's love. And so so guys, we, we got we got Jay here. This is is kind of a remarkable moment, right? So mm-hmm. we got four brothers here. Um, and I just want to give you guys an opportunity to ask Jay some questions. Um, and and then Jay can you know, expound on or answer the ones you want. If you don't want, whatever, you know, but let's just have a conversation about what you guys are interested in, what you're looking at uh, in terms of just even business, uh, real estate, whatever questions you have, you got the opportunity now. Here's the man. Yeah, for sure. TJ, the second, go ahead and kick it off. Cam. <laughs> well, I, right. I, I was going to mention, so to share a little bit about, about who I am, my background. Um, I'm, I'm actually about to graduate in May from Howard University as the first clinical social worker in the MBA MSW dual degree program. Nice. I've done a lot of work with um, with juveniles, adjudicating youth, um, criminal justice, um, even doing work now in Southeast DC. And one of the things that we can't ignore when we talk about generational wealth is the role that incarceration has played in stripping that away from the black community. Um, what does what does change and transformation look like? Because I know your testimony, right? Um, for for an individual that's that's re-entering society, trying to figure it out. And they realize, okay, I, I don't, I don't have a shot, right? In their perspective, at generational wealth, I'm just trying to survive. How do we transition from survival to thriving, actually building that generational wealth? Yeah, that's a great question, and I want to commend you on, on the work that you're doing with our with our youth, uh, et cetera. Uh, maybe King Martin, if you want to mute for a second, I think you have the the, the static. Yeah. Oh, there we go. It's a little better. Great, way better. But um, no. So, so what I think when um, and I have a friend who just came home from seven years in prison after only being home for two years and serving ten years before that, and only being home for about eighteen months and serving about five or so before that. He's literally spent like thirty eight of his life in prison, but he just did nearly two hundred thousand in real estate last year. And think about the tenacity it takes, the resilience it takes, the critical thinking it takes to survive prison or survive the streets. Many of the people mm-hmm. that are re-entering society already got the survival skill is just that you don't have the productivity skill. You got mm-hmm. hustle, you just had the wrong product. So mm-hmm. when we switch the product up and we take those, those raw skills into a new space with new information, many of them excel in areas like real estate where you got a product that always has demand, right? Right. You always right. need it. People are going to always need a place to live. Real estate is the oldest business model in the world. That's why I think it's so attractive, even more than stocks and other other hustles, if you will, um, because the stock and you know the stock market was just created what a hundred years ago, right? Like like a little over hundred right. years ago. Right. Real estate has been around since the beginning. It it, it, it is time, right? Like every everything in our clothes, cotton comes from real estate. Where we're all individually sitting now is real estate. All. All the metal and plastic in our phones come from real estate. The, the the prison they came from was real estate. That's a fact. The right. hospital we were born in is real estate. So what we learned about this industry 
it provides us opportunity where we can be employable or we can employ ourselves when we're not employable. Mm-hmm. And there's so many different industries within real estate from being a loan officer. You still can do that despite your record and depending on what state you're in. Being a realtor, a title agent, inspector, construction, landscaping, down to obviously wholesaling, home owning, investing, syndicating, developing, note buying, short sales, foreclosures, multifamilies, note, you know what I'm saying? So, so, so there's so many activities of hustles, if you will, verticals, business verticals, so many products within this product that if someone's coming home from prison or reentering society or, or had a hard life, all you got to do is get this new information and doesn't require degrees. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not biased to your background um, or educational level. And you can literally just use your ambition, use your effort and do decently well. Even if you're not the biggest hustler in the world or the most academic or the best with numbers, you can do decently well, fairly well in this industry because it's good old fashioned supply and demand buy low, sell high. Mm Mm-hmm. Just that's so very, 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 very easy industry. Like I find a property in Baltimore for 30,000 is worth 40. Like I could sell it and make some money. Like, like yeah. I find a property for a hundred thousand is worth 140. Somebody's willing to give me a 10,000 to take over my hundred thousand contract because there's $30,000 more of upside and equity for them. It's like being a middleman is like the oldest game in a book, right? We've been doing it right for a whole life. So real estate provides so many opportunities of that. Um, you know, from rental income and then ways you can pull our, your resources together just like you would in the streets. Hey, look, I got a, I got a break. I can't afford it. Hey, you got five, you got 10, you got five. Let's go get it and put it out. Same thing with houses, right? We, we got a project. We got a strip mall. We got a building. I can't afford it. Can you be a credit partner? Can you be an equity partner? Can you be an experienced partner? Let's come together in the LLC. Let's take a collaboration. Down. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it provides just so many angles for us to be creative and our people That's what we, we, we went at is creativity and resilience. Well, you know, and I think a lot of times what has happened is that we just don't we don't see it. We need somebody to open our eyes so that we can see the vision, because without vision, people perish. Right. The people perish. And so we just society will try to crush your vision. Right. Mm -hmm. So that you can't see. And then. Yep. It's built to crush your vision because they don't want you to see. They want you to see their vision. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And we that's a whole nother conversation, right? right? From and then that's systematic, you know, for sure. So Martin, what, what you got? Yeah, man. Excuse the sound, man. I don't know what's up with my laptop. Um, but yeah, man. So I'll before I get to the question, a little bit about myself. Uh, my area of expertise is helping people go from potential to purpose, particularly through fashion, um, but mentorship and speaking. So I deal with a lot of uh I talk to a lot of guys who are in their 20s and they're like, man, like, how do I, what's the first step to getting started in, in life? Or how do I get my family? Like, I'm, I, I want legacy. I want change. But nobody in my family wants it and nobody around me wants it. So it might be somebody listening to the show that's in their 20s or maybe even in high school. What's some advice you would give them to just get started? Well, that's amazing. Um the first step to getting started is work on you. Mm. You are the anchor. So many times we want to work on and convince and indoctrinate everyone else when we haven't even gotten us together. And I've been through that where I, I left the streets, right? I'm straight cold drug dealer, dope bagger, crack cooker, straight streets. 
and one day decided to give it all up and try real estate full time. Like one day, like that's it. Like today I quit selling drugs after 10 years. I'm just, I'm done. I'm not finishing my product. I don't want no more to do with this. I'm through with the game. Just walked away cold. Just walked away cold turkey. And I felt I had no more days left. And Mm. I then, as I was learning real estate and these light bulbs are going off, I then was trying to get everybody else to join with me. Right. I'm then trying to get, trying to try to project my excitement and my interest on everyone else. And it took about a year and a half, two years of people seeing the results in me first, seeing the consistency and change in me first before I was able to really indoctrinate those around me. And you have to remember your family and friends are the last to go most times. Right. Now, there's, there's a caveat to that. I did have my grandmother, rest in peace, and my aunt who allowed me to refinance their houses first of anybody when I became a loan officer while on parole. And I made my first six grand in real estate off those loan commissions that showed me this legit business was possible. But in totality, your family and friends just know you as Jung Jung, even right. if you're a good kid. So it's hard right. for them to see you in the light of a financial advisor or somebody I want to give my, my, my social to. Or you might have been the knucklehead come home from prison. Or you might have been the fast girl or the one in college that was a partier. So new people who see this new personality of you or it's their first introduction to you, they're actually more than likely to give you a shot at, at business or, 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 or ownership or financing or whatever it is than your family would because your family already has a predisposed version of you. Um, right. So don't focus on trying to get family and friends involved and indoctrinated. Just focus on being the best version of you and you executing the process. And I'll tell you what, if you come from what you come from, wherever your financial level is currently, but you pull up on your family and friends in a year to 18 months, like I did after I went broke in the industry, I was driving a 93 Mercury Grand Marquis with no driver's side door handle. I had no CD player in my car. So everybody's like, yo, real estate is so dope. And why are you driving that? <laughs> if, you, if you pull up on everybody with a brand new Range Rover with nine miles on it, with smelling like plastic, and you pull up <laughs> on say, hey, this thing that I was telling you all about, it actually panned out. When you show the fruit of your work, your success, and your vision, it's very easy to get everybody on board the, the legacy once you um, you know, show them the fruit of your labor. Well, because our, our people are a show me, right? You got to show me before I, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. I heard you, right? I, I, I heard you. I heard you, Tony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but we we kind of like from Missouri, right? We're that show me state, right? We want to see it. And, and the one thing is that we have to walk the walk. I mean, you know, quite honestly, we have to be examples of what we want to see happen to the next generation. You know, Gandhi says what, like, you know, be the change you want to see in the world, right? Mm -hmm. So it starts with us, it starts with them. So let's let's do a couple more questions and then we're gonna go ahead and and have to shut it down. But let's let's do a couple more questions if y'all got another question. When you said indoctrinated, it made me think about the church Mm -hmm. and the role that the church played in the civil rights movement. And now we find ourselves in this economic, black economic movement, but the role of the church has completely changed. And the the reach of the church has, 
it's a little different, right? What is that new entity? What is that new place to to spread the message, to to gather the troops, to to inspire the people about generational wealth, real estate, and just completely changing Black America? What is that new place? What is that new foundation for us? You know, before, that's amazing. Before you, before you jump on that, King King Jay, let, let, let me go back to this though, Tony. One of the things you have to understand that the church wasn't all about the civil rights. I mean, really, the history is that the National Baptist Convention did not want to get involved with the civil rights. And then you had a group of people, this young guy named Martin Luther King. Some of his people wanted to get involved. They disagreed and actually split the organization. And he became part of the progressive Baptist church because they wanted to be involved in the civil rights movement. So the church hasn't always been like it's portrayed like the church was really up front and really out on this civil rights thing. And, and it was in many cases, but it didn't start out that way. They jumped on the bandwagon once they start seeing that some things were being developed. So that's part of it. And I think that's the same thing we have now is that we call we always say, well, what's happening in the church? Is the church relevant? And in many cases, the church has not been relevant. But in, in, there are pockets of churches that are. But yeah. I, I love the question, and I, I love to get King Jay's answer on that. Yeah, you know, uh, two parts. One is I think the black church has an amazing opportunity right now. Mm. Where the church most failed us is that either through poor guidance or through systematic direction, um, mm. the church allowed the lie to exist about us of who we really are. Mm. Mm. Right. As I've been reading about, I, I had that. I grew up in church, youth ministry, president, usher, choir, all that. And then most of us dip off from church because like something ain't right. And there's something that isn't right is the church allowed us in many cases. And I went to the Baptist conventions. My grandmother literally took me to four of them around the country. My first Man, time in we Atlanta, probably get some of the same ones, bro. Yeah, my first time in Atlanta was at the, all, was at the Black National uh, Baptist Convention in, you know what I'm saying, in 93. We are the children. The church allowed us in Sunday school and growing up to color white and peach Abrahams and Samson's and David's and Goliath's and all that. When the Bible actually describes Samson as a black man with seven locks, when the Bible describes an Adam, not a, 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 a peach version of Adam and Eve in the garden, but describes somebody that was made in Ethiopia, the right. Bible described Jesus as a bronze man. That that layer of allowing this stigma to go on that um, that we weren't made in God's image, that his image didn't reflect us in knowing who mm -hmm. we really are, I think is one of the biggest failures of the church. One of the biggest opportunities of the church to really bring black people back is be a church about a book, God's word, the holy word that is about us, that describes us. Mm -hmm. It's about our lineage and about our heritage and about our birthright, right? So when you talk about sons of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Abraham was descendant of, of, of Adam, a black man, right? These are these are so, so that that will give us a better light of how the church can support us by just being true to God's true, true to God's word. That's my take on the church. In regards to what institution helps us in our drive economically, 
Um, that's what we're doing here as Tulsa Real Estate Fund. It's not for us to be the only institution, but we know with our $1.6 trillion of spending power, which is uh, beats many nations' whole GDP, that we have the opportunity with the right institutions and infrastructure to pool our dollars together to be able to build the infrastructure for what it is we need to sustain, to, to, to be independent and be thriving as a people. So we need more of our own institutions, more of our own banks, more of our own funds um, that allow us to have diversity in you know, how we invest our capital and how we really create equality for ourselves. I don't believe equality is like, let me have a seat at your table. I believe if you want to be equal as another man or group, you need to build as that other man or group has built. And so we need to build our own tables and do table to table business. But um, so I think the institutions start with the family institution, practicing group economics within our families, then group economics within our communities, and then group economics on an institutional level with us actually funding and fueling our own projects and our own ideas. So, Martin. Yeah, let me get this question in for this computer blow up. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I want to take it to a purpose question for you. Sure thing. There's a lot of kings out there that learn how to do the, the how first, like how to play basketball, how to play football, how to sell drugs and these type of things. But I want you to elaborate on how important the why is for our kings and even queens is listening to this live as well. How important is the why to yourself and to our community? Well, yeah, the why is most important because it completes us. I've been someone that had the how tactical, how to flip houses, how to do loans, how to do real estate, how to make money. Um, but if you make money and you never find your why, you'll always be empty. And mm-hmm. so then you'll be relying on money or the things that can buy you to try to fill that void of emptiness so you get temporary happiness because you don't have uh uh, a depth of peace so like we all are human beings we're all here to be something and to be something to others be something to this ecosystem so until you find that real reason why like like specifically why i made why i'm here um making money we, we've used as like this low frequency way of like you know that's my thing that's who i am making money is not really an identity and it's not really a, a way of being um so that why piece allows you to have that full circle of what we call rich rich is like where you're financially rich, but you're also spiritually rich. Like you're tapped in. Like, like I'm serving my purpose under the creator. I, I, I'm walking in exactly why I was designed. Exactly what my testimony is, what it is. Right. God made me for this moment. I'm walking in that. But then I also have the tactical, practical, you know, skills to, to live a good life and set up something for my family, you know, while I'm making income and making an impact. Sweet man, listen. This has been rich, <laughs> y'all. Y'all enjoyed it. This is this has been rich sure. conversation. Um, it, it really fast. So, so Martin and, and TJ, I'm gonna I'm gonna put you guys back in the green room. Uh, and actually, I'm gonna go back in the green room too. I'm just gonna you just your last words you want to share with the group, uh, King J, and then uh, and then we'll all just kind of uh, convene after I stop the recording. So, um, it's it, the floor is yours. Oh, appreciate you. Thank you. Well, th- thank you, everybody, for your questions and your time. Um, I'm really passionate about uh, real estate finances, uh, financial literacy, and what it can do to transform us and our families. 
because I've watched it happen at so many different layers in my, in my family life. And I also believe in vision and big ideas. I never thought the person that's, you know, the three time felon would have uh, be at Inc. 5000 twice over CEO or have our own day here in the city of East Point or be the Georgia Senate 2022 citizen of the year. These um, things are only confirmations of God's purpose for my life and me walking on, on, on that path and on that purpose. And so I do encourage everyone to find what motivates you, what's your purpose, because those things will drive you past your obstacles. It allow you to be persistent and be resilient and understand that um, it's important for us to be good stewards, even over our little. If we can't be good managers over our little, we can't be good managers over great. Many of us just want 10,000, just want 100,000. We want our first million, but we haven't proven to be good managers, good organizers, good facilitators over our hundreds, over our thousands. So, you know, I encourage you all to get become as financial literate as possible. Uh, follow me on all social media platforms. I'm always dropping nuggets and game at Mr. J Morrison on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, etc. I'm always giving free grain. And if you want to test out our mentorship program, we have an amazing mentorship program called the Real Estate Roadmap. We'll teach you A through Z real estate uh, from home ownership all the way up the ladder um, to investing, wholesaling, flipping, landlording, and even have some elite programs for those who want to get into development and fund management, private lending. But you tap in with us. Uh, that program is roadmapprogram.com. That's roadmapprogram.com. And uh, again, I thank uh, King Tony for the platform and opportunity to be a money coach to you all. Anything is possible. I believe in three principles. Love God with all your heart. Love yourself and love your neighbor like yourself. If you abide by those three principles, you'll sow good seeds in life. If you sow good seeds, you're guaranteed good fruit. There's no point in getting all this money to be a crappy person. So we want to help build you know, great families, great individuals, great legacies. Um, and then those great legacies and families can combine to be one strong, great uh, community and just be, you know, the best version of ourselves for humanity. So thank you all for the time and for the words. Um, action beats ambition. Do it on purpose, right? Be intentional about whatever you came for. Be intentional and don't stop until you get what you came for. That's it. Ain't nothing else to be said, man. Listen, appreciate you. Hang out with us for just a minute. Everybody, uh, we're going to come back and wrap up the show here in just a minute. All right, you're watching The Real Money Coach Show.